Um, how how long did it take for you to like start feeling mostly okay again? Um, I think there were like three days where I was just really tired. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I had to take big ma- big naps, big max. I had to eat had to big max in the middle of the day. <laughs> <laughs> now that makes sense. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Think Outside the Box Head. It's the internet's only outrage machine. I'm Nathan Hunt. And I'm Cameron DeWitt. This is season 22, episode 5. We're talking about the one and only Grace Jones. They broke the mold when they made her. Uh, as Emo, as Emo Phillips say, says in his comedy routine... When I was born, my mother said that they threw away the mold. Some of it grew back. (laughs) (laughs) It's also really funny to say threw away the mold instead of broke the mold. (laughs) I appreciate that little tweak. Yes. Uh, Uh, Grace Jones, this is, I believe, the album cover that's sort of her most iconic image, right? Oh, yes. Uh, it is well we're recovering the album night clubbing it's maybe it's hard to like pick a single one that's the most iconic i think Let me, okay Th- this is the one it's flat top haircut she's shirtless in a suit coat mm-hmm. that is very form-fitting and very triangular and she has a big old cigarette cigarette uh cigarette. coming out of um, cigarette a little cigar <laughs> uh coming out the corner of her mouth and she's it's a direct take to camera but Mm -hmm. at an angle but her eyes are pointed at the camera and she is um the only color in the whole image is her like dark red lipstick and the rest of it is just sort of this um kind of metallic she's got a real bluish cast to her skin yeah Mm -hmm. it's a very arresting image it is yeah do we say the name of the album night clubbing (laughs) night clubbing night clubbing and I guess this is a David Bowie song, Nightclubbing. Oh, I actually did not know that. Uh, I think that's what I saw. Yeah, David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Oh, Nightclubbing yeah, I don't... deserves a quiet night. <laughs> uh, oh, it was first released by Iggy Pop on his debut album, The Idiot. Love that It'd be cool to cover David Bowie at some point, and maybe Iggy Pop at some point. Oh, Hmm. 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 Interesting. Also, Interesting honestly, this is just a, a a side note. Like, it could be fun to actually talk about the Beatles at some point. Um, you they have meet a, the Beatles. A, yeah, they have a reasonable <laughs> amount of albums to cover. It would be kind of long, but not yeah. like Willie Nelson, who we've also talked about covering. And, oh my god, um, <laughs> he has like sixty nine yeah. albums, right? <laughs> Not so nice after all, is it? I'm sure they're all great. (laughs) I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure every single one is great. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) A landmark. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, Is this her most successful album? Uh, Oh, you tell me. I didn't hear that. I don't know. That's the longest Wikipedia article. Okay. Night Critics. 
And scholars have noted the album's influence on popular music, especially how its unique sound has been emulated by both pop and alternative acts, and how the persona Jones adopted, deeply influenced by art and fashion, has had an enduring influence on modern female pop singers. Interesting. Now, what do you know about that? Huh? Okay. Um, I think that that makes me feel kind of out of touch, which I guess is kind of part of the point of the show is mm-hmm. trying to get in touch with what culture is, mm-hmm. uh, because we were raised listening to Christian rock mm-hmm. <laughs> and you too, which is arguably Christian rock anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and you too. <laughs> oh, wait. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, I don't know. This album is... There was one song that I particularly enjoyed, but more in a silly think outside the box set kind of way, mm. um, because it has some very funny metaphors in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, don't, I didn't particularly love this album. Mm. Uh, I think that it makes sense in a way that some of her earlier albums haven't. But um, I don't know if I like it more than Warm Leatherette, necessarily. Yeah. Apparently, it's widely considered her best album. Um, okay. Wow. The the cover well, is actually a painting. To, sorry oh, to go back to that. But it's it's a, a painted photograph, which I didn't know that was its own thing. I, I don't know why you wouldn't just say a painting of a photograph unless it's something different. Titled Blue Black in Black on Brown, uh, which is by uh, Jean-Paul Goude. Huh. The her main like collaborator, right? Or not mm-hmm. musical collaborator, but like image collaborator. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she. I feel like she kind of talks about that um, later on in this album. Album with the song "Art Groupie," mm-hmm. which I think is also kind of an interesting moment on the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of that? Uh, any uh, Bill? Is it Bill Withers cover? Oh yeah, that was the. Um, which one was that? Use me. Use me. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I didn't know he wrote just the two of us also. Wow. Oh, yeah. Bill Withers fucking rules. Maybe we should talk about Bill Withers. Maybe we should talk about Although Bill Withers. I, I don't think we're going to have any hot takes or outrage. I think it's just going to be like, this song slaps. This is good. This song's great. This <laughs> one made me songs. cry. <laughs> <laughs> have you heard the song Grandma's Hands? No. It's a two-minute song, and like it makes me cry uh, every time I listen to it. Wow! And then, and then it leaves me alone, <laughs> and then it leaves me. Uh, Grandma's hands is one of the most powerfully succinct songs that I've ever heard, uh, and Bill Withers wrote it. Mm. Bill Withers is the man, and. Bill Withers having a song called Use Me and having that song from the male voice is a really, I think is really interesting. And it made me feel uncomfortable to hear it from the female voice. Mm. And I think maybe that's kind of what uh, Grace Jones is uh, playing on maybe a little bit, huh? I mean, maybe all that. Maybe all that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. Um, God, Slant Magazine listed the album at number 40 on its list of best albums of the 1980s. I, that makes me feel like I just don't get it. I wonder if it's one of those things that like is very groundbreaking in its time, but right. has been so widely imitated or has been so influential that you go back and revisit right. it and you're like, 
well, I've heard this before, but better from people who were influenced by it. Um, right. Like some things like, um, I don't know, some things are just sort of pinnacles yet mm-hmm. to be topped like Bill mm-hmm. Withers, you know, <laughs> and it's like, no, one's going to out Bill Withers, Bill Withers. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Or maybe they will someday. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, it makes, I guess it kind of makes sense to me that maybe they were doing something new and experimental and then other people were like, Hey, that's cool. Um, I'm going to elaborate on that and then immediately make it better. Yeah. Maybe it's, maybe it's something about like the, the mixture of genres, like the blurring the lines between like pop and funk and rock and like reggae influence Wikipedia claims. Maybe there's like that sort of smorgasbord approach. Sort of cosmic gumbo. (laughs) Remember how we were saying that? That was a cosmic gumbo. Moves to the beat of jazz. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see if I can find a link to cosmic gumbo and put that in the learning links. Yeah, it can be hard to find. Yeah, good luck. Uh, Yeah. Uh, There's a, um, there's a, I think you should leave TikTok channel that just Uh, has scenes from that. mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. where I go to watch. um, Is her name Patty Harrison? Patty Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. um, Do her like, I'm not used to being rich. (laughs) I can't stop drinking wine. (laughs) I hate bald boys. Every time I see a bald boy, I think I'm back in the pants. (laughs) She's so funny. She's a, there's a movie starring her uh, with Ed Helms that I've been seeing to see. I've seen, uh, I haven't finished it. I started it on a plane and then it was a short Uh plane ride and I never got to finish it and I don't know where to find it. Uh, but it was it was really it was really entertaining and it was mm. very sweet and simple. Mm-hmm. Um, together, together and I thought that is it, what it's called. I thought that it was a really I don't know how often this has been done, but I thought that it was really interesting to um, cast a trans woman as uh, a cis woman mm-hmm. character, mm-hmm. and I thought that was cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, well, Cameron, hmm, you know. I don't know if I agree with just like trans women out here taking the cis women's <laughs> jobs. Like what, what jobs are even left for cis women? Like what, what? Um, Grace Jones, nightclubbing, 1981. Yeah. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, got we, a great cover. We can jump into the songs. It's, uh, uh, <laughs> there's some entertaining stuff on Wikipedia writing for DIY. Simon Russell Beale listed the album cover as one of the greatest of all times, highlighting Jones's quote, smoldering noir bisexuality. I almost said bisexuality, uh, <laughs> Bi- which is even <laughs> sexier. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess it's bisexual. I don't know. It I don't feels know if that is quite the right word. Yeah. Uh, it, cause like, she's like not bi, right? Like there, there have been people who've like tried to like project bisexuality onto her, but I don't think she's actually at any point ever said, I can't find anything that says like, I fuck women or I am attracted to women. Well, Cameron, she is listed on the Wikipedia category of bisexual, like notable bisexual people, I think. So like what, what, uh, more, what greater source <laughs> yeah, than that do where? you need? Huh? 
<laughs> the, the what, categories? Is that? what is the source for that <laughs> oh categories don't need a source cameron <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> yeah There's no sorry, citation i, for, I forgot for about wikipedia's um uh uh what's the word what's the menacing word that i'm looking for their um their database of bisexuals oh Oh. they've (laughs) the list i I think yeah in capital letters the list yeah (laughs) that's how that's how people find out if they're bisexual they go to wikipedia and they're like oh uh, what do you know (laughs) oh my god i never everyone in the world is on here what (laughs) (laughs) twist (laughs) it's not a very effective closet honestly um yeah i i uh i have grace jones's memoir called i'll never write my memoirs which is a line from one of these songs uh that we'll get to um but i have not started reading it yet um so she never wrote her memoirs and i'll never read them what do you think of that grace right back at you <laughs> oh gracie um God, this, there's like a whole legacy section on Wikipedia. Yeah, I don't know if it made that much of an impression on me. It altered the face of modern pop, said Pitchfork's okay. Andy Beta. Well-known beta male. Nah, that's too easy of a joke. Low-hanging okay. fruit. Bad Nathan. No <laughs> you gotta <cookie>. do that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Should we just get into the songs? Let's talk about the songs. Let's talk Let's about... see what the songs have to say, if they can hold up this image. Yeah. Let's talk about walking in the rain. Making when I can. Whistling in the darkness. Shining in the light. Coming to conclusion. Right is night is time. Walking, walking in the rain. I should have done my talk uh, singing. Yeah. I should have uh, done my thing where I took sound samples of the originals because this is a cover of an Australian band called Flash and the Pan. That's cute. I like that. Flash (laughs) and the Pan. Um, The the, the one pansexual person in the world at that time in 1979 (laughs) was in that band. Isn't that great? Um, (laughs) Or maybe it's the God Pan. Who knows? Uh, Walking down the street kicking cans looking at the billboards oh so rad i like that you know the 70s uh usage of the word rad um cowbunga cowbunga <laughs> cow of bunga dudes uh summing up the people checking out cow the race and the bungas that's my new band <laughs> cow and the bunga <laughs> uh checking out the race doing what i'm feeling do, doing what i'm doing sorry feeling out of place walking walking in the rain the lyrics are i mean feeling like a woman looking like a man sounding like a no-no making what i can whistling in the darkness shining in the night coming to conclusions right is night is tight Um, yeah these lyrics don't like the individual lines don't necessarily track um there's moments that are a little bit more affecting like sounding like a no-no uh Mm -hmm. is a very interesting lyric uh i agree i don't it's maybe a poetic bluff quality to it yeah or it reminds me of the no-no can are you familiar with the no-no can oh for doggies for dogs yeah yeah Um, it's for dogs for people who don't know about no-no cans it's just like a tin can uh or maybe a like 
a beer can that's full of pennies um, and you shake it and it sucks to listen to, but apparently it's like the worst thing in the world for dogs and they yes. will stop whatever bullshit they're doing. It's um, one of the cool forms of dog torture him. that you can indulge in. <laughs> well, <laughs> some, some, some dog behaviors are, uh, are human torture. So, <laughs> And also, I don't. Yeah, we just antagonize. Maybe each some other. people shouldn't have dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe some dogs shouldn't um, have humans. You know. Sounding like a no-no, making what I can. Yeah, and then like there's these lines like "right is night is tight." It's like that doesn't yeah. mean anything. Come in, all you jesters. Enter, all you fools. I don't like people using the words jesters or fools in songs in that kind of Bob Dylan-y way. I'm just... Mm, yeah. No, no thanks. I'm not, not for it. Nope. Oh, sounding <laughs> like a no-no. <laughs> exactly. Slutting your fruit. Um, trip the Light Fantastic. Mm, that's one of those times where I, I want to like sit down with a songwriter and, and demand, like, <clears throat> I'll pay you $50 if you can tell me where that comes from, what you're quoting. Can you, do you know where that comes from? Because I've heard that before. I don't, but I'm not the one writing a song with it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) If you're invoking a thing that you don't know, just figure out what it is, just in case it's racist. It's not easy. I want to say it's like a line from like a Byron poem or something. Oh, it's John Milton. Ah, I should have known that. Oh, it's one of his lesser, shorter poems, L'Allegro. Come and trip it as you go on the light, fantastic toe. It's about dancing. Okay. That's kind of fun. Um, yeah. I don't know, but it's it's just like, it kind of bugs me when people just take a stock phrase and they use it because it has like a certain aura or cachet to it, but they don't know where it comes from and they don't really give a thought to like what it means or what it's actually about. Um, like those bumper stickers that say, not all who wander are lost. Right. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah. Um, it is interesting in verse two, the lines feeling like a woman looking like a man right before the sounding like yep. a no, no, that's interesting. And they're from the original too, which is written by two, as far as I can tell dudes from Australia. Um, that is interesting. And you know, Grace Jones didn't change up the lines. So it's, it's, uh, huh. different perspectives sung by right. a dude versus Grace Jones. Course. I have a sound sample of that part if you want to play that so we can hear her delivery. Yeah. Feeling like a woman, looking like a man, sounding like a no no, <laughs> making when I. <laughs> it is a great delivery. No, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I kind of like that. She puts a lot of attitude on it yeah she's really good at talk singing she is really good or at, talk at like shattering uh mm-hmm. yeah d- delivering whole songs without melodies i think she's really good at it yeah i i wasn't i think she's I, better I at doing that appreciate than it when she just like started yelling at people and telling them not to tell her how to uh, pronounce sabotage i was like no that's that's kind of crossing a line there <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> when she was like it's it sickens me <laughs> i think that's what he said <laughs> uh maybe we'll we'll have a link to that there's yeah that's a uh, something shatner did um 
I think I I don't think that walking in the rain is I don't think that's actually earned that that image hmm. of like walking in the rain. Um I think like the, the f- kind of first part walking down the street kicking cans looking at the billboards oh so rad. Um summing up the people checking out the race doing what I'm doing feeling out of place walking walking in the rain. Um Yeah, I don't I kind of wanted like from this song some more more of that feeling of contemplative wandering and and you know just like thinking about your life and mm-hmm. having this like kind of dr- dramatic um cold uncomfortable feeling it reminds me a little bit of this song um the very racistly titled sukiyaki Uh-oh. oh right i think we've talked about this yes. um i think the original title is Uwe wo muite aroku, and that is my. The, I'm pretty sure that that pronunciation is 100 percent correct. Um, like a na- like a native speaker. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like I'm back so, in old well jolly old Japan. <laughs> I think sukiyaki is like a, it's a food, right? It's just like a food, <laughs> and maybe it's not even a real food, or maybe it's not even a Japanese. Anyway, this is a Japanese pop song from like the 50s. I think we mm-hmm. talked about this on the show before. Um, but it's the text of the of the song it's just about um a a a person like walking around and thinking about their the person that they're in love with that maybe mm-hmm. they've lost i don't remember actually the lyrics but it's like very like it's very sentimental mm-hmm. um and uh it's like i look up when i walk so my tears don't fall um Mm -hmm. and i think maybe there's rain at some point uh but i think it's a very like affecting song and i know what it's about and uh i think this song walking in the rain is just kind of confusing and i don't know maybe i would like enjoy it more if it was performed with a broad australian accent ah well, let me see if I can pull it up. Walking in the rain, uh, flash, and the pan. This is fun. This is fun. This is like this isn't that different. Walking down the street. Yeah. It's more total. Oh, so actual notes. Some people checking out the race. Doing what I'm doing. Um, Mike Myers, so I married an axe murderer. (laughs) Walking. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. Whoa, man. (laughs) Yep. What is this, Campbell's Cappuccino? Because <laughs> he has a big latte. Like a woman. Coffee shop culture, it's out of control. Looking wow. like a man. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, is that the funniest Mike Myers has ever been? I mean, besides, I guess Wayne's World would be. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Wayne's World. I yeah. re- I have a some kind of soft spot for. So I married an axe murderer. It's um right here. Oh wow! <laughs> and for the people watching at home, I like that zoom I is blurring out it. the title. <laughs> oh, it is copyright. Oh, get it reasons. in there. It's like <laughs> IP, IP, IP. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we'll get one of those yeah, copyright I, strikes. I, I think that movie. I I would like to watch it again. Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably be pretty irritated by uh, the like dad character mm-hmm. now because that's mm-hmm. like sort of like proto Austin Powers. Yes, that's true. It's one of uh, I Mike Myers' one hundred and fifty iterations of a Scottish accent. Yeah. Well, um, we've talked about one song. Maybe we should talk about the song that I'd like to spend the most time talking about. Pull up to the bumper. The baby bumper. Here we go. co-written by grace jones it's not a cover yeah um this is a song it's the wop of its time (laughs) this is literally a song about how uh grace jones wants to have sex with long long penises from black men (laughs) (laughs) and they have to be lubricated uh (laughs) That's like what this song is about. Uh huh. It's not exactly a subtle metaphor. No. <laughs> Pull up to my bumper, it's... baby, and your long black limousine. <laughs> Pull up to the bumper, baby, and drive it in between. Pull up to it. This don't is drive. Wop. Don't drive through it. Hmm. What does that mean? Back it up twice. Now that fits nice. <laughs> it's just wop. Like, this yeah. is WAP, like, 40 years, mm-hmm. 50 years in advance. Like, uh, yeah, just very silly um, <laughs> metaphors and euphemisms for sex mm-hmm. uh, delivered with swagger and confidence and yeah. with no shame. And, and it's kind of great <laughs> to <yeah>. hear. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's all kinds of, like... Um, possibly uh controversial uh things happening especially for the 80s Uh, operate around the clock so why don't you come in lots of space for everyone one for you my friend my lines are short i'll fix you up so won't you please come on shiny sleek machine you wheel i've got to blow your horn okay do you get it do you you get it wonder what she means Uh, what could she possibly mean Grease it, spray it, let me lubricate it. <laughs> lubricate it. Sorry. Uh, say it, don't spray it. It's not it. a particularly bisexual song. No. Um, back it up twice. Mm. Yeah, this is very... Yeah, it's... I think it's either Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B who in WAP says, I want you to pack... I want you to park that Mack truck right in this little garage. <laughs> <laughs> 
same thing it's the same song yeah there you go (laughs) oh man uh Uh, apparently in a 2008 interview uh jones clarified that uh she did not necessarily mean it to be interpreted as a metaphor for anal sex um why would it why would it be the bumper you know okay i guess yeah but you there's a lot of different situations where you would encounter the bumper yes and pull up to it yes and Um, drive it drive back it up pull up to it drive it in between but don't drive through it i (laughs) can we can we focus on that for a minute don't drive through she doesn't want to like be right impaled like (laughs) cleft me cleave me in twain (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to see the tip of your weenie poking out through my stomach some baudelaire shit (laughs) yes it really is i don't want to see all my guts and bloods coming out like please don't that's see uh, season two episode one for that reference yes (laughs) Um. (laughs) that was a wild season we were talking about French poets and Mikhail Bakhtin and insane clown posse. I really went off the deep end in terms of scholarship there. Yeah. Um, Operate around the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is just like a, a very sex positive. Um, I like to fuck a lot and I'm fairly indiscriminate <laughs> about who I fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it's, as long as you grease it, spray it, let me lubricate it. Mm hmm. And don't drive so, through uh, it. Yeah. So she talks about uh, anal. Like, did she said that in an interview? Who would publish that at that uh, time? Q magazine, apparently. Um, I wish oh, they had a like link a to queer it. magazine. Is that what that is? It's just. I thought it was just. Uh, I'm looking it up. It was just a, an issue of GQ, just torn in half. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really stupid joke, and I like it a lot. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Grace Jones, Q Magazine, anal sex. Turn on your safe search. Safe search. Uh, well, shit. M- mostly, I'm just getting uh, like songmeanings.com, genius.com. Right. Oh, sorry. Um, I can't even find like like anyone directly quoting it i mean maybe there's something in oh oh there's a link in the wikipedia here we go grace jones laughs off pull up to the bumper myth or you know bumper sex myth um oh boy sex <laughs> the myth singer busters. the singer bravely agreed to being given a probing in our monthly cash for questions feature in the forthcoming edition Come of Q. On. <laughs> yeah perhaps predictably the star was asked about the meaning behind her top 20 hit that's pretty high uh which includes the line grease it spray it let me lubricate it which is widely thought to be all about anal sex but Jones, age 60, laughed off the idea. I don't think it's, nece- quote, I don't think it's necessarily about that. I think it means whatever you want it to. Hmm. Because I kind of like the doggy position myself, but that doesn't mean it's going up me arse. <laughs> Wait, she says arse in the interview? <laughs> she said me arse. So she, I guess she's clarifying Wonderful. right there. The bumper means like, yeah, get at me in a way that you're pulling up to the bumper, but yeah. that doesn't. I also appreciate that she's saying it doesn't necessarily mean anal sex. 
Yeah, I mean, she says you can. It can mean that for you if you want. You know, right? Interesting. Cool. Yeah, I'm Good into it. I also love that the, the sixty interviewing a sixty old sixty year old woman about <laughs> anal sex, and uh, I'm super into that. Love it. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot, and that she laughs it off. That's great. Mm-hmm. She's a firecracker. Well, yeah. Okay, that's cool. Um, uh, I have some. I I have a sound sample of the grease it spray apart. <laughs> if you want to play that, so we can hear her talk yes. about that. There it is. Uh, and then I took a sound sample of a breakdown that I thought was pretty cool. There's still room to dance in these songs. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Yeah, this percussion and this bass line is really fun. Yeah. And that Oh, I love that little in. Sonic the Hedgehog yeah. sound. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, great. I associate that synth with Sonic music. Yeah. I, as we covered in our weekly mini show, you're you're one of these alternative uh, types who was into Sonic <laughs> back in the day. Counterculture. <laughs> a rebel without a SNES. <laughs> there, there's a lot of people that think that, um, that specifically regard Sonic as, and it may be especially Knuckles, but definitely Sonic. To, oh, that's my take out the trash. Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. every time um, do you cut these time. out or do you leave them in no do you I leave, leave in your in. weekly shame <laughs> my trash shame <laughs> um there are people who regard sonic as a black coated character i think s- specifically because um he was voiced in the 90s cartoon by Julia i think white. his name is Julia white yeah. yeah um urkel urkel yeah um and then in the new in the new um uh, Sonic movie sequel um, Knuckles is being played by Idris Elba which I think is hilarious <laughs> that is hilarious and I think yeah he's come a long way since Stringer Bell he's really come into you know he's really taken important roles now yeah like he was in Cats <laughs> he played McCavity it was great I love that he just loves to go to work he's like yeah I'll be like an, an incredible actor like throw down amazing performances or I'll be Knuckles. <laughs> hmm. Have you heard the um, the famous uh, anecdote about Michael Caine and the Jaws movie? No. Michael Caine signed up for like Jaws four, I think, or like huh. it was like widely derided. It has like a terrible reputation. It's probably got like single digits on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Wow. And somebody asked him at one point, like. Hey, hey, Michael Caine, have you ever seen Jaws 4? And he's like, no, I haven't. But I have seen the house that it paid for, which is lovely. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> also, um, if you ever want to talk about drugs that you own, you can't talk about Coke without sounding like you're trying to pronounce his name. You're just like, Michael Caine. Like, wh- where are you going with Michael Caine? <laughs> Come back with my uh, cocaine. Have you... This is a quick aside, because I don't know what yes. else to say about this album. Have right. you seen Jaws? The first one? Jaws, yeah. Jaws. Jaws mm-hmm. 1. 
It's been a long time, but I remember being like pretty blown away by how good it was. It's such a fucking good movie. It's mm-hmm. so good. And mm-hmm. it's like a COVID narrative. Uh, I know. It's that's, just like, it's, <laughs> it's exactly what I was thinking of. Like back in the pandemic, I was like, yeah. oh yeah, it's like Jaws where the mayor is like, nah, but let's what keep about the our open. local businesses? <laughs> what keep, about the economy? We keep... need to let more kids die for the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Shovel them into the, the slaughterhouse. Put their grist in the mill for the economy. <laughs> oh boy. <clears throat> oh God. Okay. Um, the real monster. It's capitalism. The real monster is capitalism. That's like literally what that movie is about. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. I'd be interested to talk about Feel Up, especially because of this one line that Grace Jones sings. And I think that's the other original. So I think it'd be worth talking about. We got to listen to the cover um, of Use Me. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Let's do that one. Yeah, it's a it's a hell of a cover because it's it's at least I interpret it as being pretty reggae. Um, mm. She also changes up the lyrics quite a bit. Um, Just the pronouns or other stuff? Other stuff. Like in verse two, she says, "Mother sat down and you know she told me if he can overcome you, all he's going to do is use you." Um, and then in the Bill Withers version. He says, my brother sit me right down and he talked to me. He told me that I ought not to let you just walk on me. And I'm sure he meant, well, yeah, but when our talk was through, I said, brother, if you only knew, you'd wish that you were in my shoes. Yeah, there's a lot more words in the Bill Withers version. <laughs> I kind of like those those lyrics more. Uh, yeah. It's almost <laughs> like it's better. Yeah. Lyrics. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, feels this good getting used. Um. Keep on using me until you've used me up. Yeah, this yeah, is a. I, hmm. It's an it's interesting, an interesting song. song. Yeah, it doesn't. So there's a there's sort of a genre, an archetype of a love song, which is, you know, like the this love Maroon Five. Don't 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 It's this idea of um, they talk about in blank check. This is something that they, they pointed out. I'm just jumping from idea to idea. They talk about in Blake Check. Griffin points out this trope in movies that I never noticed before, which is like um, in 90s and earlier, especially. No, in 2000s and earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there's this trope of a woman who enjoys sex too much being um, crazy. Mm, yeah. Like... If the, in a in a in a film, if there's a woman who's too into sex, then she is not attractive, mm-hmm. which I think is really interesting. It's like uh, I think maybe one of the more recent kind of notorious examples of this would be Forty Year Old Virgin. I forget which actor uh, plays this character, um, but uh, there's a character who is just like too into sex and is. 
um, overwhelming the sensibilities of the titular 40 year old virgin, Mm -hmm. Steve Carell's character. Um, And uh, they give a bunch of other examples in that. Anyway, um, that's sort of an archetype in film. This idea that like uh, women who like sex too much are like untrustworthy and maybe not even attractive. Like, almost almost like you're not supposed to like it mm-hmm. <laughs> like this isn't about your pleasure <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's you know one could read that um as the underlying assumption and then there's this trope in songs um like the this love has taken its toll um the maroon five mm-hmm. song like this woman is mistreating me um, but her sex is so good that I just keep coming back for more, for, for more. And I'm the fool because of it. Um, and, uh, I like that however long ago this song was written, this Bill Withers song, mm-hmm. um, I guess 1981, um, he's, he's kind of sticking to his guns in these lyrics. He's saying like 72 was when Bill Oh, so okay, so yeah. this cover was 81. Yes. Yeah, 72, even more profound. That mm-hmm. he's kind of sticking to his guns. He's saying like I'm getting what I want out of this arrangement. Mm-hmm. Um like I'm really enjoying this mm-hmm. and uh like <laughs> there's a sex positivity about it which is saying like maybe this person isn't sticking around for conventional follow-ups to sexual uh, entanglements. Um, But that is okay with me. And uh, talking about you using people, it all depends on what you do. It ain't too bad the way you're using me because I sure am using you to do the things you do to do the things you do. Yeah. That's how it ends. That's great. (laughs) I think it's a really emotionally intelligent and kind of like forward thinking uh, lyric. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill Withers, he's fucking smart. He can talk about sex. He can talk about generational trauma. He can talk about romance. Mm-hmm. Man, Bill Withers fucking rules. He's the best. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should talk about he Bill Withers. He, he can write the piano song uh, that everyone knows how to play incorrectly. Which one? What's that? What? Clocks? He uh, wrote Le- Clocks by Coldplay? <laughs> <laughs> Bill Withers would never write clocks or any Coldplay <laughs> yeah, song. Would not. <laughs> no, he would. He would never write a so- write any music so meaningless. <laughs> Bill Withers wouldn't write the Scientist. <laughs> um, no, uh, lean on me because um, famously, notoriously, famously, people will form a C major triad in root position and move it up to the uh, stepwise through the scale to the F major triad in root position and Mm. back down, creating all of these parallel fifths, which aren't inherently bad, but have a certain kind of tension to them. But in the original song in Lean On Me, he does it in first inversion so that there are only the, the most tense interval is a parallel fourth, but it's sandwiched in these parallel sixths, major and minor alternating. Do you want me to play it? I have a yes, piano I was right about over to say, here. You have a piano right behind you, right? Okay, cool. Here I go. <laughs> okay, so you might not be able to hear me, but uh, I'll, I'll play it nice and loud, and hopefully not wake up my baby. Yeah. Okay, so the first, the Good first idea. example 
is how um, people think that it goes when they try to learn it on the piano. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is the wrong way. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. You've probably heard yeah. a kid do that. Yep. Or an adult do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to show you the first inversion version. You can say that again. So, to clarify, it's the same chords, but first inversion means that the lowest note, the root note of the chord. So, if it's like a C major triad, the C is going to go on top um, as opposed to on the bottom. It's verse, um, you know? Yeah. So you inversion means like instead of C E G you go E G C mm-hmm. and then it's going to move up that way. Listen to how much better this sounds. Hmm. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound better. <laughs> Yeah. It sounds better. It sounds a lot and more like that Michael Jackson song from Free Willy, which is to say oh, better. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can play that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then you key change three times mm-hmm. or so. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're not talking about... This is just a teaser for our Bill Wh- our Bill Withers season <laughs> and our Free Willy season. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to change it up in season sixty two and just like start talking about movies and franchises. We we did at one point discuss talking about Michael Jackson, and I actually would really enjoy doing that because I think I have a legitimately hot take, which is that I think Michael Jackson is a really bad songwriter or a really bad lyricist. Oh. I could I could get on board that hot take, I think. Yeah. That would I mean that would be a hot take in other ways too, like Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, um we've talked about three songs. Uh <laughs> is nightclubbing worth talking about or should we skip it? I don't want to talk about the titular the album title song. Um I don't really care about it. It's mostly a nightclubbing song about nightclubbing to be used for nightclubbing by nightclubbers yeah Um, it's like the whole genre of funk music which is about funk music yeah exactly um (laughs) let's talk about art groupie yeah we should yeah So for a minute there, it starts sounding very Billy Joel, and then it starts sounding very not Billy Joel. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so this is written by Grace Jones. Because she doesn't talk about the suburbs of New Jersey. (laughs) She doesn't talk about anyone from Oyster Bay named like Steve, who always dreamed of being big or whatever the fuck. Um, Art Groupie, written by Grace Jones and Barry Reynolds. First line, I'll never write my memoirs. There's nothing in the book. The only way you see me, an art groupie, I'm hooked. 
so that's where the title of her autobiography comes from. This is her most personal song, probably. So far, at least. Yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah this, this is the this is the song that is about the difference between her image mm-hmm. as sort of a queer icon and and art uh, pop art uh, associated model, and it's about her iconography versus her like personal voice mm-hmm. and like what she actually has to say. And this is a song about that tension. I'll never write my memoirs. There's nothing in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does she say? My personal life is a bore. Don't ask me any questions. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. really she, interesting, especially the gender politics of it. Mm-hmm. And she like explicitly talks about kind of crafting her image as a work of art. Uh, Love me in a picture. Kiss me in a cast. Touch me in a sculpture. Whisper in my mask. Um yeah, the the really interesting thing about it is that it's not uh, pejorative. You know, like most famous yep. people or songwriters or public figures, when they talk about being a public figure, they're like, oh, you don't even know the real me. All you see is just this, like fake billboard version of me. And like, that's not even the real me, you know, like, uh. uh and Grace Jones is like, no, I'm this is like a form of art. Like I am like engaging in like persona and image making as an art form and yeah i think that's really it's interesting. very different uh if you like if you compare it to britney spears who we recently covered mm-hmm. in her song lucky she's so lucky she's a star but uh and she cry cry cries in the lonely hours i don't remember what the lyrics are lonely heart um, i think a lonely heart. Yeah. Uh, why do these tears come at night? It's it's a song about people assume that she must be so happy because she's a superstar, but she's mm-hmm. actually really sad. But then, like an extra layer of irony on top of that song is that that song is written for her by mm-hmm. the same people who wrote her other yes. songs. Um, they're like <laughs> just. It's just like a big recursive loop. Um, they're talking about her image uh, and further making her image sort of more complex. But this is Grace Jones talking about herself. And she and has a lot more agency in her yeah. pop career. And she's and she's not... And like you're saying, she's not saying like, this sucks for me. Mm-hmm. She's saying this is just kind of like, this is the nature of it. And isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, yeah, I'm hooked. That's such an interesting thing to say. Uh, don't ask me any questions. My personal life is a bore. She she apparently has like kind of a prickly approach to interviews. Um, actually, on the question that. of like whether or not she identifies as bisexual, there's this, uh, and apparently in 1985, she was interviewed by an Australian journalist who focused on her sexuality and questioned whether her masculinity made her a bisexual. Ugh, not a good look. Uh, weird, okay. weird way to phrase that. In response, she said she does what she wants when she feels like it and labels are limiting because anything is possible. She then challenges the journalist with a confronting analogy. Will you eat a cockroach if you're hungry? If you were starving to death and that was the only thing around that would keep you alive, would you eat it? That fucking rules. <laughs> that is great. Isn't that awesome? 
Yeah, especially when paired with the, like, I do what I want when I want to. Yeah. Which means, like, she's saying, I have, I obvious, I have the capacity to have sex with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not interested in disclosing who I fucked. Yeah. Um, especially in, like, a homophobic landscape. Right. But I am interested in rhetorically challenging all of your assumptions. Yes. Which is even, arguably even more queer than um, having sex with someone uh, who has the same parts as you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I think there's like an implicit, like, you know, would you identify as a cockroachivore? Like, are you an insectivore? Like, is that your identity? Hmm. Right. (laughs) Because of circumstances or whatever, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's great. (laughs) Wow. And also like there's an, there's an inherent just like sexuality as a need. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like even that statement is not something that people are uh, prepared to admit even today mm-hmm. yes man I'm really looking forward to old Grace Jones yeah right like I feel like we're still in young Grace Jones mm-hmm. in the middle of all this stuff and we're starting to get self-reflective narratives in this song Art yes. Groupie and I can't wait for the next like what six albums uh who is of that her right? thinking about her image and and maybe writing more songs and having more personal things to say yeah i mean it's just so refreshing to have a like pop star who is engaging with their image in an interesting way um and like is very intentional about it um we've had like some of that like the ways people engage with their image and their fame and stuff. But I don't think we've had anyone take such like ownership of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I feel like it was sort of a, it took a while Mm -hmm. to get to this point because, um, she's mostly just been like a working musician and someone who is trying to build an image and trying to, interact with the music industry the best that she can. And we're just now getting to the maturity point of, um, of the text of the songs being about her career and about Mm -hmm. her life, actually uh, about her life post fame. Right. And post, uh, collaboration with Jean-Paul good, because I think he, yes, yes. That was the first album. That was her, fourth album i think not her sorry 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 last the the last episode we did was about Mm. her first oh yeah the fourth album the first album after her collaboration with him but Mm -hmm. obviously the songs aren't about her image right but i think at that point collaborating with him seems to have uh prompted her to think a lot more about like her image and like crafting a persona and like um yeah like I'm trying. I'm trying to think of like an analogy. It's it's not quite like the people who are like famous for being famous, um, but it's uh, it's definitely like very much predicated on her image, much more so than her music. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, hmm. I guess even like someone like Cher, I guess, might be a, a sure a um an analog there because like I mean I get her songs have been so successful, but it's not like she's been cranking out number ones for her whole career you know but everyone knows right. who Cher is and 
you know, they p- might not be God, able to sing you a Cher song. Why don't we talk about Cher? Actually, I wonder if she has 800 million albums. We could <laughs> I, watch. I also um, wonder that. Isn't she in a movie? Oh, there's. Moonstruck? Oh, I forgot the whole Sunny and Cher. Oh, she is in Moonstruck. Yeah, I saw that. I've never seen Moonstruck. Moonstruck, year, but I was a great movie. Roaring drunk, and I did not <laughs> did not know what to do with it. Wow, she has so many albums, Cameron. Oh boy, is it too many for the guests of the box set? I think so. Oh no, Cher albums discography: twenty six studio albums, and that's no! not even Sunny and Cher. Ooh, boy. <laughs> okay, yeah. maybe we can like that. That one might actually be worth breaking up into like multiple seasons. Yeah, or like let's talk. Let's come back to a that phase of her. You know, yeah. something like that. Let's put a pin in her. Let's poke her with a pin. Ew. Uh, <laughs> um, but, 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 but. I've. Do you want to talk about? I've. Hmm. What what are these? I want to wrap it up. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably want to. Um, there's um, I've seen that face before, which uh, isn't that one of her most popular songs on Spotify? Oh, yes, interesting. So it's it goes like La Vie en Rose with 31 million plays. Then we get pull That's up to the bumper. That's your top one. Yes. Then we get pull up to the what? bumper. That's her worst. Song. I know it's not very. It's not a good cover of La Vie en Rose. Pulps of the Bumpers 2? Uh-huh. 22 million. Interesting. <laughs> and then we have two different versions of Libertango. Or one's just called Libertango, and one's called I've Seen That Face Before, and then parentheses Libertango. Combined, they have 34, uh, over 34 million plays. Split the it, vote. Yeah, so... So this is like a de facto number one. It's a de facto number one, except for the Hanging Chads, you know? Um, okay, I guess so, we should talk about it. Yeah, I guess. I mean, we could at least listen to the. She has a writing credit. This is a bit of a this song is a bit of an odd history because it is um apparently it takes the melody of a Argentine tango classic is how the genius puts it. Okay. Uh written by Astor Piazzolla, uh first recorded by the composer himself in 1974. Uh and then it takes it puts it in a reggae arrangement and a, uh lyrics by uh Jones and Barry Reynolds. Um so she like took this tango, this instrumental tango and was like, I'm going to do a reggae version of it with lyrics, which is an interesting thing to do. Um, yeah, it's it's very like Parisian, strange. He shadows me back home. Footsteps echo on the stones. Rainy nights on Hausmann Boulevard. Parisian music drifting from the bars. Um, it's supposed to be Parisian specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hausmann was the the guy who rebuilt okay. Paris for the the. Napoleon the so this is a song about like toxic French masculinity like <laughs> I'm supposed to like be as threatening as possible <laughs> I'm supposed to be as forward and I won't take no for an answer mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah like a hawk stealing for the prey oh my says. god how upsetting mm-hmm. 
I mean, I don't think this song endorses it. No. If anything, it says this sucks. Yeah, and it's also just I don't know. It's very um it's very unclear what is happening on like a narrative level. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand why this song is so popular. <laughs> so popular. Yeah. I feel like pull up to the bumper should be more popular than this one. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. Um oh boy. Three more songs. Um you want to talk about feel up? Is that right? Yeah, I don't think it'll take long. Okay. of a bonkers song there's not a lot of unique lyrics in it unique mm-hmm. within the song i bet it would be very fun to dance to yeah uh i like you could the like, little like is it a flute part Da-da. yeah maybe a synth do, flute do, but, but do, yeah it is kind of yeah and there's all those like <laughs> those like breath yeah. breathy sounds you could like do some you know breathy dance moves with those um dancing. what what do, what do you make of these lyrics? Uh, I think that she's talking about feeling up. <laughs> uh, downtown Rob, try to run, feel up. Don't give up, don't give up, feel up. You've had your dream, your dreams aren't real, feel up. Don't give up, don't give up, feel up. Um, this the thing I thought was interesting is just 16, full-time dad. Just feel up. Mm-hmm. The, you, what this makes me think of is when we were covering Bob Marley and we came across like a Jamaican idiom that we did not, yeah. we're not familiar with, or they were using a phrase in a way that we did not understand. And, and we'd have to go to like patois.com or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually patois. Uh, yeah. Just I mean, she is Jamaican. Up. Yeah. Um, feel up. There's nice up. Yeah, I'm looking up feel up and all I'm finding is like, you know, to fondle or to spoon or to mm-hmm. uh, I got to dating... clasp one, clasp to one's bosom. <laughs> one's bosom. Well, speaking of which, I got um, here's one of my hits. Dating a Jamaican, dating a Jamaican men. Eight reasons why you should date a Jamaican men. And that's from PoleDanceMiami.com. So, oh, my you gosh. know, it's reputable. <laughs> Clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, interesting feel up it it feels like it's some sort of like inspirational kind of saying yeah um downtown rob (laughs) i don't know yeah uh there's not enough text here to really make sense of this and not enough context Mm -hmm. uh but this is she's the only writing credit on this yeah. Hmm. I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah. I'm interested to see if she talks about dads anymore. This is the first time I think she's talked about dads. She says, just 16, full-time dad, just feel up, don't give up, don't give up, feel up. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like kind of an interesting... She's, I guess, like encouraging a dad who is young and maybe not up to the task. 
but usually um, the the encouragement to young dads or to dads in general isn't necessarily to feel more, mm-hmm. but is to like repress your feelings and, and make money or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting that she's saying feel up. I wonder if it's meant to be like, I feel better, like feel more. Maybe, up, you know, right. Yeah. Um, um, I think knuckle up would be a more um, encouraging, <laughs> <laughs> encouraging lyric. Uh, Cameron's referring to the third Matrix movie in which uh, Captain Mifune, uh, 80% of his lines are just yelling, knuckle up! <laughs> he's got to get into the double digits, the amount of times he says knuckle up. Absolutely we double digits. Ba- basically made a drinking game out of it. Yes, we did. <laughs> Oh boy! Oh man! Gotta, um, you gotta knuckle up. You gotta knuckle folks. up. When you're fi- when you're out up. here fi- fighting these sentinels, you gotta knuckle you gotta up. Gotta knuckle up. When you're at sweet sixteen, dad, knuckle up. Yeah. Um. Mm, knuckle up. <laughs> Do you want to talk about Demolition Man or I've done it again? All I wrote for Demolition Man is this song is fun. So let's talk about one of them. That's okay. the only one that I thought was fun, apparently. <laughs> Demolition Man. It was written by Stang. Oh, is this a police cover? Uh, no. Well, sort of. The The police recorded it later uh, for their album Ghost in the Machine. But Grace Jones has the first recorded version. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, it says written by Sting. Uh-huh. I mean, people write songs for other people. So you're saying that Sting wrote this for grace jones and then later recorded it as the police i guess so interesting is that does that seem that odd to you it seems like well i not that yeah, odd to I, me. I just i wasn't aware of sting as like an industry writer who is writing for other people oh um i think he's done some of that huh sting i would also love to cover the police at some point oh man that's an interesting thought um hmm we're having a bit of a brainstorm for future for future seasons in this episode here we go the song was originally written by sting in the summer of 1980 while living in peter o'toole's home in connemara ireland for potential (laughs) plenty of tool uh peter (laughs) o'toole Uh, they're after his lucky charms um, for potential use <laughs> on the police's Zenyatta Mundata, but they never managed to get around to recording it. A demo was sent to Grace Jones when she requested Sting for a song. Oh, cool. That's interesting. I like okay. that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> um, oh, did wait. Uh, we should listen to a sound sample, I guess. Here we go. You say that this wasn't in your plan. <laughs> I kill conversation as I walk into the room. It's a weird flex. <laughs> it's a weird flex. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am not charismatic. <laughs> I'm going to suck all the energy out of the room. <laughs> I'm a real party pooper. 
Um, I wonder if we should talk about Sting man. as a solo artist. Yeah, talk about all the fucking loot music. Yeah, he has 15 albums. Holy shit. Time yeah, to anyway. get stung. Demolition we we just like talk about every every album in the context of that one interview that he did where he talks about like liking to fuck for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Was that only one interview? I feel like that's become... I think it's just like one. Maybe he's been asked about it since, but like that that's, that's all that anyone thinks about. 90% of like his like imprint in popular culture is like, oh yeah, tantric sex for like 15 hours is that's what Sting's about. <laughs> it's it's Can so- you imagine uh, a person with a penis lasting for a long time on purpose? <laughs> on purpose? Wow. <laughs> Everyone knows that the the purpose is to just get rid of that thing. Just get Doesn't that Doesn't he need to like come and take a nap? <laughs> <laughs> got that poison in your body. You just got to get it out as quickly as possible, you dingus. Toxins. <laughs> toxins. Your your body you needs to, toxins. You need to go on you a cleanse. Get them out. <laughs> you need to go on yeah. a penis cleanse. <laughs> There's this real thing called toxins. You need to get them out. Uh-huh. And they're not taken care of by your liver. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a walking nightmare. I'm an arsenal of <laughs> I'm a walking disaster. I'm a demolition man. Maybe we shouldn't talk about the police. This isn't a very good song. <laughs> Giant steps are what you take walking on the moon. Mm. You don't have to put on the red light. And we are spirits um, in the material world. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're like an even worse U2, maybe, actually. Potentially. Um, okay. As if U2 tried to I do think, reggae. I think this song, I've Done It Again, is really interesting. We are running a little short on time. I do need to go to bed soon. Oops, I've done it again. <laughs> Cool use of a racial slur. Love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, so who wrote this? Marianne Faithful and Barry Reynolds. Marianne looks, I think, looks white. I believe she is. She might be. Doesn't look like the, the person who English should be reclaiming, reclaiming any slurs. No, I don't think she's intending to reclaim any slurs. I think a generous and charitable read of this song would be to say that it is sort of an implicit critique of like colonialism. I was on the first ship uh. to Peru, charted all the courses like all sailors do, first to cross the Mason-Dixon line. Here's that racial slur. I apologize. Overseeing wetbacks for good Californian wine, and I've done it again, done it again, done it again. Um, I was there when Jenny Lind first sang, first to feel the cold Alaskan white fang, first to take a trip on LSD, first to vote for Roosevelt back in 33. I don't, I don't know how to square that last part, voting for Roosevelt with... What seems yeah. to be kind of a uh, centuries-long um, sort of uh, avatar of colonialism. <laughs> yeah, this seems like a boomer for the boomers. <laughs> like, this is like what the boomers of the boomers were, were boomering about. 
That's, I think you might be onto something there. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, we've been all, just a ton of stuff has happened for us in our generation. We're really important. It's just yeah. a bunch of, like, sort of empty invocations. We didn't start the fire. Events. We charted all the courses like all sailors do. Across the Mason-Dixon line. Land First or to Peru. <laughs> Uh, that was fun um yeah i mean i don't know what else to say about this song i'm pretty sure that uh peruvians i mean if we're talking about other people visiting peru maybe the first people were were, were definitely probably uh like uh pacific islanders oh because yeah, sure. but they had but technically they're on record as having sweet potatoes from oh from south america uh-huh. way before 1492 they knew what they were up to with that sweet potato yeah. pie um point of technicality <laughs> though she does say on the first ship to peru whereas from what i understand pacific islanders tended to use things like catamarans or boats or canoes like did they use ships per se yeah mm-hmm. i guess maybe not Ma- yeah maybe it doesn't count because um they had like small efficient boats that they were good at using mm-hmm. instead of instead like, of big unwieldy massive machines of war <laughs> warships where everyone got scurvy <laughs> where everyone was just like sitting in their own shit <laughs> exactly oh boy all right well okay. uh, can we be done we let's be, be done. done let's be done okay it's enough for right, one we got, life like what be done five six seven more albums of grace jones uh, five we have five more Okay, I think it's starting to like get interesting. There's some promising stuff here. Yes, I agree. Uh, next one is called "Living My Life." Ooh, I I'm like just this trying one. to live my life. Just living my life over here. Leave me alone, mom. Um, <laughs> until that time, uh, thanks for listening. You can visit us on boxset.website. You can email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Topias Podcast. Join our Discord. Write us a review on iTunes support us Whoa. in a couple ways by did you know that grace jones was on a gorilla song no is it from plastic Sorry. beach or later uh it's from humans with the z oh oh i never listened to that one um me neither yeah uh thanks for sticking with us by the way this past week uh as we took a week-long hiatus because cameron got all the covids yeah um, omicron's version omicron <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but we're back and uh if you want to support us you can share the show you can also kick us a few bucks at support.boxsite.website that goes to our patreon you'll get access to our weekly mini show uh this week we talked about metroid dread the video game as well as a podcast called um maintenance phase and you made some reference to it earlier that i was trying to call out in the moment but then it got sidetracked Mm, i remember what it was doesn't matter support the uh, show folks get an extra show yeah it's great Two for one little culture club sometimes we talk about yeah. movies for months at a time and sometimes we're just like hey we're gonna talk about video games and podcasts now yeah. shaking it up wild card um the other thing you should do is listen to cameron's other podcast it's called get up in the cool it's music you like oh, music can i can i i i want to also say so yeah subscribe to get up in the cool it's a music podcast, uh, different than than this one. By a bunch it's of burner American. phones, 
uh, download podcast apps, <laughs> set up do. the download subscription, and just inflate Cameron's numbers so that they can go to advertisers. And soon you'll be, get to hear Cameron say things like, we spend a third of our lives asleep with a banjo in our arms, gently cradled. <laughs> I can't play. I can't do a, a decent bum ditty without a good eight hours on my Helix mattress. <laughs> uh, what I want to say is that um, I have a special announcement Ooh. coming up sometime next week. Ooh. Make sure that you're following me on all the social media mm. platforms, mm-hmm. and, so that you can be the among the first to hear about a special announcement. Ooh. That is all Ooh. I will say. Ooh. Interesting. Ooh, teaser. Mmm. Yeah. So tantric. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, until next week, I've been Nathan Hunt, and that doesn't mean it's going up me arse. <laughs> and I've been Cameron Do It, and I'm an issue of GQ <laughs> torn in half. <laughs> The original true thing I've ever said on this show. <laughs> the worst thing you've ever said is repeating something I said. No, I said the, the most true thing I've ever oh. said. <laughs> it feels yeah. true. You're, you're that OG, the, the original G. Real, real G's move in silence like lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>